Hey everyone, I'm Lauren Hassan and this is The Developer Show. It's a career development podcast for tech women by an actual tech woman. My guest today is Elizabeth Shu, who is an award-winning senior technical executive who most recently served as the senior vice president of tech and R&D and internal CTO at BNC Software. In this episode, Elizabeth and I are going to talk about her own career journey and how she paved her own executive career path after an initial setback by focusing on what makes her unique and by stopping comparing herself with others and instead running her own race. We'll also get into how she learned to balance leadership with actual coding to become BMC's internal CTO and how she climbed the corporate ladder by relying on her ability to learn new skills instead of expecting herself to know everything up front, which is something far too many of us tech women, myself included, unreasonably expect of ourselves. But before we dive into this episode with Elizabeth, I have a special surprise for everyone listening today. That's right, I have a holiday surprise. I am excited to share that through Developer, I am single-handedly taking on the gender income gap head-on, and I am launching Developer's first online course to teach tech women step-by-step how I tripled my salary. That's right, tripled my salary. That's an additional six figures that I learn, earn every year. How I tripled my salary in less than two years after learning that I was paid 50% less than a male peer. And the special treat isn't just the course, it's that this course is absolutely free because I want every tech woman to not only be able to learn how to negotiate for the salary she deserves, but to be able to do this for herself. So if you wanna learn to negotiate, I invite you to join me online starting on Saturday, February 3rd at 1 p.m. Central, and all you have to do is register to reserve your spot. So go to developer.com slash negotiate and register to take my free online negotiation course, Become a Negotiator, and learn to negotiate for the salary you deserve. Welcome to The Developer Show. Today we have Elizabeth Shu here with us, and Elizabeth is an award-winning senior technical executive, and she has extensive experience driving billion-dollar, that's billion with a B, dollar software development revenue. She most recently served as the senior vice president of technology and R&D, chief architect and internal CTO at BMC Software, where she drove their software innovation and technology vision that over 82% of Fortune 5 companies rely on. She's now the chairman of the Be The Change Foundation. And if all of that isn't enough to impress you, she's also an adjunct lecturer at Stanford University. And she holds not only a PhD in science, but two masters. She's been recognized with the Women of Influence Silicon Valley Award. She's received 10 Stevie Awards, including Female Executive of the Year, Innovator of the Year, and Technologist of the Year. And she is a witty Hall of Fame member, amongst many other top honors and recognitions. And today, today she is our guest of honor on The Developer Show. Elizabeth, welcome to The Developer Show. Hi, Lauren. It's a great honor to speak to you and your audience at your podcast. Uh, we are just delighted to have you here. It is an honor to have you on our show. 
And as you know, and our listeners know, the developer show is all about top tech women like yourself having open and uh, candid conversations about your careers and lessons learned. And as you and I have talked offline, there are a number of turning points in your career that helped you get to where you are today. That wasn't a straight path to, to, to being a senior executive. So help us read the, between the lines in your career and give us your own take on how you got here today. Well, it's a long journey. I came to the States in 1990, got one master in computer science and another PhD in science. And I'd like to tell you the two turning points about my career. And the first thing was at IBM. I spent three months of my time and wrote the code. I was so proud of it. And one afternoon, my architect and team lead came over to review my code. He looked at the code I wrote. He didn't say a word. He went back to his office, took his chair, and sat next to me. He FTP a lot of code and rewrote what I wrote in half day. I looked at him. I looked at the code he wrote. I said, you know what? I would never be as good as he is. He is an architect at Google. He's still a great technologist. So I looked at I took eight classes and, and then started to learn about management, about uh, software development life cycle. I became an executive. The second turning point in my career was when I was promoted as the chief architect and uh, CTO of a BMC, a two-point-some billion-dollar revenue software company, I spent a whole week not just celebrating, but mostly convincing myself that I'm technically good for that job. And after a week, I felt that I'm more confident because I had a game plan that I was going to take this class. I'm going to get this technical advisor and to learn specific things about the technique, technology, as well as the you know, strategy, industry trend to be a good CTO. So, you know, it's, life is funny. The first point I convinced myself I can do a better job as technology, technical executive. The second one was I convinced myself and with a game plan that I can become a better technologist. And the irony on all of this is that while you told yourself at IBM that you'd never be an IBM fellow, in the long term, you achieved something that was equivalent to that in the technology realm. Yes, it is a very interesting that, that it, yeah, almost 20 years ago, I convinced myself I would never become an IBM fellow. Uh, my mentor was a fellow, and I looked at her work. I said, no, I can never be. But over the time, I found out I, I was very uh, strategic comparing to a lot of architects who are in the weeds. Uh, and I also, I have the ability to elevate my thinking, to think not only as a developer level, but I also think as architect, uh, more of a design point of view, and also executive about the technology, using technology, providing a working solution for our customers, and make them more compatible, 
com- uh, make them more competitive as well as uh, you know, successful. So I think that that's the ability that helped me to get into the CEO position. And I think as women, I know I fall into the the same pattern where I look to others and I compare myself against the technical abilities and I discount what my strengths are, what the unique things that, that we as tech women bring to the table. And you talk about strategy and understanding the business drivers. And I think when you when you were back at IBM, you you saw that there was a path forward to the fellow, but you had discounted your strengths as an executive, as a leader, as someone who can drive the business forward. And as soon as you were able to pull yourself out of comparing yourselves to other and started realizing what your specific strengths are, then you were able to really take that next step in your career. And I think so many times as tech women, we 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 chide ourselves for not being as good as this person or that person in technical skills, but we really need to step back and go, well, what what is it that I uniquely bring to the table and what does that give to the to the business? Lauren, you are absolutely correct. And then we women Never consider ourselves as a star. What does that mean? Star means you have weakness and you have strength. And your weakness and, and strength, the contrast of those two make you a very unique star. So uh, what I suggest to everyone, including myself, is to look at your strengths and pick the few strengths you are, you are really interested in and also committed to develop. And either technology or, you know, product management skill or connecting with the people, whatever you're so good at. Using that as the platform to expand your other capability. And if you are competing with other people, try to compare yourself with 20 great people, you're beating yourself up on a daily basis. That is not good for your career. And that's also not good for your people around you because they feel like you're very competitive with little things, with everybody. And you're not a team player. You're not a leader that brings everyone's strengths together. And then, you know, you think as a team level that everyone is a unique star. Even your group. IBM fellow, they have their strengths, they have their weakness, right? And if you think that way, it is uh, almost like a puzzle board. Everyone has a unique shape. Everyone is a unique star. Together, you make a beautiful picture. You make a stunning piece of art. And it's so true that you have to realize what brings what bring what you bring out that makes you unique because if you try to replicate someone else then you're just a commodity but if you bring something unique to the table then only you can fill that that niche and yes absolutely and if you look at it if you're a star you grow you grow you became a you become a shining star if you compare with everybody around yourself you make yourself a little ball fussy ball that is dark that is uh, fussy that uh, nobody understands what your strength is it is and then they they just don't know who you are you're nobody and 
I want to dive into something else that that is the most recent role where you were promoted to the chief architect and CTO. And initially, it was, can I do this? Am am I the right person for this? Will I be successful? And that that to me rings of imposter syndrome. And I want to point out that it's not something that you have early or mid career, but that it that it follows everywhere. But you did something key is that you you pushed through that and you broke through that in record time. You said a week. And so walk us through how you were able to to break through the initial internal pullback that you were holding yourself back with and how you were able to convince yourself that, yes, I am the right woman for this role and that I will be successful. You know, Lara, it's a great story. We probably need to spend like a day to talk about it and to do a case study. Because we only have a few minutes. I would say that if you look at this role, the role mostly calls for architecture, overview, strategy, technology, roadmap. I know those things very, very well. Community and the community programs are driving key technology and the technical initiatives for BMC, right? And I'm very confident about that because you look at all the things that we need to do, talking to analysts, yeah, not a big deal. The only thing that I felt, you know, I'm a, it's conceptually that am I the right uh, technologist? Do I have a capability to write a code? And then that's one thing. Do I want to write a code? Or do I, should I write a code at that level? And I spent a whole week of time looking at uh, the CTOs around me. No, they wrote code. And do I have the ability to understand the code? Absolutely. I was able to identify key customer issues and look at the code and identify the bugs very quickly. And I also have, I have very good capability to identify architecture level of the issues. And a more important, I'm a good listener, become a technical, and I can listen, I can communicate, not only at the architect level, but also at the developer level. And even though I didn't have chance and time to look into the code, but I was able to communicate with them, discuss with them, and drill down the code at any given moment. And then more importantly, as a CTO, I need to drive a future technology. What are the future technology? IoT and uh, you know, AI technology. And I'm pretty good at AI technology, and I took a lot more classes. I took like three months of the classes after I was promoted, and I started to do AI-level coding. So I give you a lot of things that I I look at it, just have a map. What does this job require? What do you have? Check, check. What do you don't have? What is the game plan for you to get those skills and knowledge? Or which area you think you have a chance to lead and to become an expert? And spend time, money, and learn from the best and become the best. So that's how I did it. And I want to pick up on something very specific you said there is learn. And so many of us women, when we jump into a new role, when we have a new opportunity, we put this uh, uh, honestly unreasonable expectation on ourselves that we have to know everything up front. 
And what I, what I've personally found, and it sounds like you found for yourself is that we don't have to know everything, but we have to have confidence in ourselves that we can figure it out. Yes. I give you an example, right? My, uh, I used to take my younger son to, to an art class and and after I dropped him, I went shopping. And one day, the art teacher said, why don't you just join a class? I said, me? Join a class with a whole bunch of a seven-year, six-year-old kid? Oh, I'm not as fast as they are. He said, trust me. You will love it because I knew you love art. I took the class. I found that I was much faster than those kids because I had the intuition. I learned so much. I had the knowledge. I became a painter. I, I'm so proud of it. So I suggest people treat yourself as a baby. What does that mean? When you have a new baby, when a baby fell, you embrace the baby and you say, oh, my love, you get up and you try to run, try to you know, walk again. When they speak, you take them several weeks to speak mama, dada, and the cookie, or oh, a cat and dog. Give yourself that level of love. Love yourself. When you try to learn something, treat yourself as a baby, as a, as a 10 months old, as a, a year old baby. And when you make a mistake, embrace yourself and love yourself and give yourself enough time to practice, to become a, you know, to become better in that area. And you're, you're not just saying that you did that once in the art example, but you've done this in your own career. For example, when you were making that transition over into the management track. And also, I, I believe you had an experience recently where you were going through something very similar to this. Oh, I have done uh, quite many things. With AI, definitely. I, I did a 10 years of research and it's like a early age of machine learning. And I have a great foundation, but I don't know the latest AI technology. I took engineering class. I took uh, classes from Big Tiger. And I, I just treated myself as a baby and to learn. You know, I use this for cooking. I use this for landscaping. I made a hydroponic garden. All those kind of things. I just treat myself as a baby and give myself time to learn and make mistakes. When we make mistakes, instead of beat ourselves up, we fix it and move forward and pat on our own shoulders and say, great job, and you learn from your mistake. And the difference is, is you, you're forgiving when you fall down, but then you do something critical, which is you pick yourself back up you ask mm -hmm. yourself, what can I learn from what just happened? And then yes. you use that to propel yourself forward, right? Is so you try again. You don't just give up. You, you use it to try again. And it's that repetitive falling down, picking yourself up and trying again that, that, that is progressively building to where you're getting technical expertise. Yeah, Laura, I do more than that. I also buy myself uh, gifts and awards. I gave myself a word about the technical accomplishment or whatever accomplishment. I, I think myself deserve awards. So I wrote myself a word letter. I, I buy myself gifts. And uh, I you know, just really reward myself, not only to say, hey, good job, a pat on your own shoulder. 
and buy yourself a beautiful bottle of perfume, a nice pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, I do something very similar where I might not be where I want to go, but I recognize the progress and I recognize that I have come farther and I've, I've hit milestones. And I don't just look at, am I at the end? Because really there is no end. It's an endless journey. But I like to recognize the accomplishments. And for me, I, I do that by documenting every everything that's going on in my life and where I'm at on my annual birthday. And I don't look at it until the next year. And it's wow. you don't realize how far you come in a year. Yeah, and Lauren, there's a, this is a great practice. And there's a book called Happiness Journal. Yes. And they have a booklet that three years every day you can write down your accomplishment, the three positive things on that booklet. And next time you will you will see that uh, what you have accomplished in last year or the year before. I think that's similar. It's, it's full of a passive energy. What you have done is great practice. And so many times we get so immersed in the day-to-day details of life that we forget to pull ourselves out and look at, well, what are the major themes? What are the major shifts in my life? And how far have I really come? And we lose sight of that. And tracking that, writing that down, and then also acknowledging it with with gifts for yourself or rewards or doing something to love yourself are yeah. great ways to continue that. Yeah, one more point that I have, uh, my life goals, the 4L. First one, live to my fullest potential. Second one, to love people around you and enable them to make uh, their potential, reach their fullest potential. The third one is follow learning from people around you. And the last L is leave a legacy, doing something that is beyond your own personal life and change the world for a better place by building a better product or helping out others. So I also have a very detailed life goal, uh, 10 year goal, five years goal, one year goal and three months goal and a monthly goal. And every day I have a list of things I try to accomplish every day. Every day I cross out things that I have accomplished. If something is no longer important, I drop them. If they are continue to be very important and I put them to the next day uh, to-do list. By doing that, I keep my life rolling forward and I always accomplish uh, my goals. You have a guiding North Star. You are very aligned with where you want to go. And I think that's absolutely critical. You know, and I, for me, the reason I found a developer is I didn't have the resources that were for career advancement and development. And I spent thousands of dollars and hours learning this the hard way um, to take my career. And I'm still advancing my career, but for me, I, I found out I was underpaid and I was paid 50% less than a male peer. And that that's where I said, okay, I've got to do something about that. And I went out and I learned to negotiate. And the reason I found a developer is I said, you know what? I figured these things out for myself, but not every other tech woman is going to have have the the insight to go and find these resources for herself or have the time to do it. And I believe that 
that someone should do something about that. And I realized, you know what? I am that someone. <laughs> and I'm going to be that change. And with developer, I've, you know, I'm on, I want people to join me in the movement. I want to bridge the gender income gap. One woman, one negotiation at a time. And that's why I'm offering my negotiation course for free. I am teaching all tech women how to negotiate, how to figure out exactly how much they're worth, and then how to iron out a plan to get to the next level, because I believe that it should be affordable and accessible. And so that's what guides me, is how can I tell these stories with women like yourself, and then provide actionable tools and techniques for women to go out and affect change in their lives. And for you, you you actually have two things that you're doing. Number one, you have a book that I'd like for you to tell everyone about, but you're also involved in something that's very personal to you as a chairman of the Be the Change Foundation. And I'd love for you to tell everyone about those two things. Oh, thank you, Lauren. And the, the book, I was promoted to a, a VP in 2004. And one of the people in my Network said, how do you just share out your experience? I wrote a slide, 10 steps to a successful career. More than 200 people came. And one of the, one of the people and many of the people started to invite me to speak. And one time I spoke at uh, Yahoo and, you know, the HR hired me to, to give a seminar. And then one of the people over there said, why don't you just teach at the center? So I said, really, me? I never attended the Stanford. I'm going to teach at the Stanford? He said, yeah, go. So my students encouraged me to to talk to Stanford. I talked to Stanford. They said, oh, yeah, let's have your class because you have been teaching this for five, six years. And once I started talking at the Stanford, people said, why don't you just write a book? So finally, I wrote a book in 2013. So I started at 2004. I published book in 2014. The, the title of the book was also given by the student. It's called A Myth of the Promotion, 10 Steps to a Successful Career. It talks about the fundamentals such as elevating your thinking, how you can turn your thinkings in, at an executive level talking about mentors and how you find your mentors. What are, what are the things you need to do for your mentors? How do you keep the mentorship you know, healthy? How you build your technical and also digital brand? Uh, so there are 10 steps. You feel free to go to Amazon to, um, to look it up. And we got uh, over 100 good reviews over there. The second thing is about the Be the Change Foundation, and finally, I attended the. I finally I attended the Stanford after many years. In 2013, I went to their SEP is called the Stanford Executive Program, and the theme is about be the change, change the world, change the people, change the organization. Right after that, my son who who suffered very severe sleep apnea, almost died of that disease. And we decided to found a foundation to raise awareness of the children's sleep apnea, which affects four and a half percent of children globally. So I have one ask. If you met or if you know any kid, like 
uh, young kid and even 16 years old, if they snore, bring them to a ENT doctor. That's ear, nose, and throat doctor. Let them check out. They may suffer a severe sleep apnea. Well, Elizabeth, you were fantastic today. Uh, right inside saying, start as a baby, keep moving forward. And and don't compare yourself to everyone else. Find your own race and run that race. So thank you so much for joining us today. You know, Lauren, it is great talking to you. I'm going to recommend your negotiation class to the Be The Change Foundation members. If anyone wants to involve with the Be The Change Foundation, connect me at LinkedIn. Absolutely. And that's how I connected with you is LinkedIn. So she actually means it. So Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for joining us today. It was a fantastic episode. And before you leave, I want to make sure that you go online and that you own your own outcome and take your first step by registering for developers free online course, Become a Negotiator. And don't just register yourself. Make sure to invite all of your friends to join the movement so that we together can bridge the gender income gap one negotiation, one woman at a time. And until the next episode, ask yourself every day, what is one thing that you can do to move your career forward and then go do it.